for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Welcome in to the Blitz podcast. As always, I'm your warm and loving host, Mr. Kane Schwartz. And I'm joined by a not so not so happy camper and Jaden Kozak. And what's got you all uh, in a tizzy today, man? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's it. That's you're not even going to explain what happened. Come on, man. Tell I want you to tell the story. So like three days ago, I uh, shot a trade offer to Kane. It was I would be receiving Kareem Hunt and Emmanuel Sanders for Rashad Bateman and Antonio Gibson. And tonight after the game, I was like, because I'd been pretty excited about Bateman. Uh, and then tonight after the game, I was talking about how much I wanted, like I was excited about having him. And then Kane takes the trade. Uh, I'm trying, I was trying to get to it, couldn't get to it, but you know, got to help out one in eight teams that don't have any knowledge of fantasy. Uh, yeah. It's so, know, it's so great know. because Bateman's just going to sit on my bench. That's it. Yeah, he's he's not going to make it off the practice squad. So it is what it is, man. That's fantasy football for you. I mean, you it, it was a battle of the quicker fingers and I won. That is what it comes down to in fantasy football. Anyway, Tyler, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm loving this banter going back and forth with you guys. So uh, <laughs> I have right at the anger. I have uh, I have Bateman in my 12 man uh, college league. So uh, and I started him this week. So had a solid game. Can't complain with that. And each week he seems to be gaining some confidence, you know, with these rookies gaining confidence. He's one of them too. Um, but yeah, no, I was, I was very happy with how he played. I know the Ravens didn't play all that well, but uh, Bateman did. So I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the Ravens not doing so hot in this one. So let's dive into it. Shall we? So in a shocker on Thursday night football coming into this matchup, Ravens dolphins, it, we didn't even preview it on the last pod. And we were like, Oh, it's no big deal. It's just Ravens, Ravens dolphins. You know, it's going to be a blowout. Ravens end up taking the L in this one, 10 to 22. The Ravens are now sitting at six and three and the dolphins notch their, notch their third win of the year and now sit at three and seven. So some of my initial takeaways, uh, Tua. How about Tua, man? Tua Tungabailoa takes over in this game after replacing Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Jacoby Brissett went 11 for 23, 156 yards, but he was benched after the first drive of the third quarter and was obviously visibly upset. And Tua was an emergency quarterback in this one. You were in a position to win that game, and Jacoby was not going to do that with the way he was playing tonight so the emergency quarterback Tua Tungavailoa gets thrown in and wow he comes in eight for 13 115 yards or 158 yards in just 13 passes he, he or attempted passes he does better than Jacoby Brissett did in the entire first half and he had a rushing touchdown at the goal line in the fourth quarter to basically ice the game he did a little dance at the end I loved it man I love to see Tua with all this stuff going on recently with Deshaun Watson and whether or not he was going to be the quarterback of the future, you know, I, I felt like he got a little bit of the monkey off his back in this one, but I'll throw it to you guys. 
Does, is Tua like off the hot seat now at the quarterback position for Miami? Jaden, I'll start with you. Uh, no, I still think that if the Dolphins are in position to get Watson this offseason, I think they'll do so. Tua finally did play good in relief, I guess. Uh, he didn't impress me like all that much. A lot of those yards, I mean, he got what, 60, 70 yards of, the, of those 158 on that one play. Um, so like he did fine. He did better than Jacoby Brissett, who is god awful. But no, I, I still think that if they can get Watson or a significant upgrade, they'll do so. Fair. I mean, it, it. My only argument is that like this was a huge game as far as who you were playing, and like that kind of momentum shift. The Dol- if the Dolphins can capitalize it going forward, I think Tua maybe made his way off the hot seat. But I don't know, Tyler. What you think? Nah, man, I'm not buying this. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I think there's some shady shit going on in Miami. I think that he was healthy and they wanted to start Brissett and list him as an emergency quarterback. So the Ravens prepped for Brissett and then they would bring him in if it was a close game. And that's exactly what they did. I just think that there's some shady shit going on. I think I'd, I'd really and truly think they did that so that way we would look at him as like this heroic quarterback coming in to win the game to to cement himself as a starting quarterback that's what I think they want the storyline to be but I think there's some underlying shit that he was healthy the whole time and they were just bringing him in to to be the hero in this game and I mean good for him he did but I, I just I don't think that he was ever really hurt in my opinion I think you have a point there but like it's not like you knew that Tua was going to lead them to a dub. Like they were losing. Maybe not lead them to a dub. left the game. I'm not not saying maybe lead them to a dub, but but it does seem like they put in Brissett so that the Ravens, and they listed him as the starter, so the Ravens would prep for him. And then Tua comes in, no preparation for Tua, or maybe very little preparation for Tua. And then he, you know, wins the game and he looks great against this defense that prep for a different quarterback. That's just what I'm looking at. Hmm. I think that's an interesting thought. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. The, the, like, the, I mean, all right, all right. To sum it all up, I don't think two is the guy. I still don't think two is a guy. I, I I'm not a believer in this guy. I don't think one half of football uh, decides it, decides his entire career with this team. I mean, I think I, I messaged you guys. He started. I mean, he didn't start tonight. So that's he started in 11 out of 26 games that he could have for the Dolphins so far. Like that's less than 50 percent of the games, and he's been eligible to start in these games too. It's not like he's been, I mean, he has been injured in some off and on, but like they've started him, then benched him the next week, then started him the next week. It's been back and forth, back and forth. And it's because they don't have trust in him. I feel bad for him, dude. Like to have that kind of mental strain on you, like whether or not you're the starting quarterback, like I, that's terrible. But isn't that like why you draft these guys this high is because you want them to have that mental fortitude to be able to take on situations like this and handle adversity. I know he's young, but you're looking at guys like, and I'm not saying that these guys are, are, are in the same situation, but like Herbert, uh, even Joe Burrow coming back after his knee injury last year, um, even Justin Fields heel recently, you know, he dealt with some adversity, but he looks like he's coming uh, on a little bit here lately. So I just, I just don't see that same things from Tua, in my opinion, and one half football isn't going to completely change my mind. Fair, fair. I like it. We've had a lot of Tua talk on this uh, podcast, especially with the Deshaun Watson rumors. So it's a nice little uh, addition to the story we had in this game. I mean, I I agree with Jaden too. I think that they should still go after a quarterback. Absolutely. Fair. Well, if they want to get rid of him, 
I'll I'll take him. I'm a tour believer. I've been on the tour uh, the Tua fan bus since he entered the league. So ever since I saw him in that video playing the ukulele and singing Marvin Gaye in his hospital bed with like his entire hip covered in bandages, I was like, that's a cool guy, man. I like that guy. So I'm a Tua believer. I love him. But anyway, let's dive into the next topic of conversation we got for this game. And that is that the Ravens defense is a problem, dude. And not in the good way. They have really struggled as of late. They could not stop the big play whatsoever in this game. They allowed an average of 16.5 yards per catch in this game. That is insanity. That's almost 20 yards per catch. And the big one that really stands out was the 64-yard wide open catch to put, I think it was Albert Wilson who ended up catching that ball. But um. Yep. To basically put to basically ice the game. I mean, it put the Dolphins close enough to the goal line that Tua a few plays later just sneaks right in there. So basically wins the game for him. And absolutely like it's just blown coverage there. I don't know what the problem is, but they've allowed more than 30 points in the last in two of the last three games that they have played. So, Jaden, I'll start with you, man. Will the loss of Marcus Peters continue to haunt this team for the rest of the year? I mean, yeah, uh, it's what. How much is it going now? to haunt them? How like what's the severity of it? Well, the uh, the age of Anthony Averett being serviceable is over, and I think that's fair to say. Uh, and they just, I don't know. I can't really put a finger on it. Like they obviously couldn't stop the big play tonight. And this is a team that you know the Dolphins don't really have the big play. They don't really have a whole bunch of big play options, but it was Albert Wilson. And I don't even know the name of the other dude. 87. I know Ford. Yeah. yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. I I Ford. That was his name, but I knew it was 87 because I kept looking for 17 because I thought it was Jalen Waddle. And every time it was 87. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, when you, when you lose Marcus Peters, obviously that's going to hurt, but at the beginning of the season, we saw Anthony Averett, you know, maybe make some plays for a couple weeks, but it, that's over, and he looks like a practice squad player, which is what he is. Yeah, I agree, man. Tyler, what you got? Yeah, I mean, I think this it's it's definitely going to hurt them, you know, losing Peters. Uh, I mean, it's 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 starting to show a little bit here every single week. We're starting to that's see it more saying, and more, yeah. and and they they have eight games left in the season. Four of those are, I mean, yeah, four of those are against the Browns and the Steelers. So it's really going to, you know, we're, we're going to see what this team's made of um, down the stretch. Outside of that, they've got the Packers, the Rams, the Bengals. Uh, they've got a very, very tough schedule, uh, to put it lightly here down the stretch. I mean, seven of their next eight games are against teams with a winning record. Uh, the only one is next week against the Bears. So that last seven is going to be very crucial for the Ravens. And I think it's at some point in time, it's really going to going to show up, um, whether it's, you know, the, the week 17 game against the Rams with their plethora of wide receivers. Now, um, whether it's against, you know, Baker and Donovan peoples Jones or chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, uh, you know, that grouping in, in Pittsburgh, it, I, it's going to show it, it's absolutely going to show. And I think we're starting to see the signs of it because like you said, Isaiah Ford and Albert Wilson, that's not a formidable duo. That's not a group of wide receivers that should be busting these plays for as much as they are. You know, if, this this should have been a game the Ravens won very easily. And, you know, not only was their offense kind of in shambles, but the defense was too. Yeah, for sure. And I was going to say, like, you mentioned the offense. If the defense has always been a staple for the Ravens, you know, like that's 
they keep it a close game, you know what I'm saying? Uh, kind of less, but like more kind of like what the Steelers do. You know, they just play that AFC North football. But if they they do not have the electric offense to keep up with this pace of scoring, you know what I'm saying? Like they are a run it first team. So they aren't going to put up dynamic numbers every week. They They are a team designed to put up 21 points and win the game because their defense plays elite like they usually do. But like, it's just, you really start to concern yourself here because this offense is just not designed to go toe to toe with some of the elite offenses in this league. And especially with some of the elite offense, huh? No, I'm not saying that the Dolphins, but like when you go down and you're looking at these, this rough stretch of games that you got coming and then you get into the playoffs, like you can't go toe to toe with these teams. You are not an offensive dynamo. So if the defense can't carry their own, then you're going to have serious problems. Yeah. If you have a team that has two wide receivers, they should have a, a very good game against the Ravens pass defense. Unless it's the Minnesota Vikings and Mike Zimmer just decides to run the ball every fucking play in the fourth quarter. So other than that, you know, if as long as you have a competent coach with two good wide receivers, you've got a very good chance uh, at at putting up a high scoring affair against this Ravens defense. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, good talks there. Last thing I want to dive into from this game was. Tyler, you mentioned him earlier in this exact same way, and I will say it again. Rashad motherfucking Bateman, dude. He is here to stay. Tonight he had six catches on seven targets, 80 yards. He's had six or more targets in every game that he has played so far, and obviously he was out for most of the year prior. But ever since he came in, man, he's been balling, and I think he's – and, and Sammy Watkins having the fumble and that being returned for a touchdown is only going to help Bateman's cases uh, because he took over that number two role from Sammy Watkins when he was injured and now he's back and he's fumbling the ball. So he's doing more harm than good. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Bateman's here to stay. For sure. For sure. And obviously, Jaden, you're uh, you're pretty high on Rashad Bateman. Heard you you rave about him before I accepted the trade. I heard you say that people are saying a Justin Jefferson type level breakout in the second half. So, you know, obviously Jaden's pretty high on him too. It'll be nice to have him sitting on my bench the rest of the year. (laughs) So, all right. Well, that does it for the Thursday night football matchup that we had, but let's dive into some of the big news we had from the NFL this week. And I will start with the biggest storyline of the week. And that is Odell Beckham Jr., signing a one-year deal today, uh, as in today, Thursday, as of this recording. But he signed a one-year deal with the Los Angeles Rams, which was a shocker because he there was a lot of talk going around, and it seemed that he had lowered his options to or limited down his options to the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Saints. And that was the rumor. And it really seemed like he was going to go to Green Bay for a while because of all the talks that he was having with Devontae. And the Rams just come out of nowhere to continue their all-in season that they got going on right now. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, they just traded for Von Miller at the deadline. So this team is all in. So the Rams wide receiver core now, elite. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Odell Beckham Jr., and Van Jefferson, who 
has had his bright moments this year and is still a young guy. So he's going to continue to get better, but obviously an elite receiving core, I'll throw it to you guys. Do you think this was the right move for OBJ though, putting himself into a crowded wide receiver room when he is scheduled for a big contract coming this off season, Jaden, what'd you think? I mean, I don't think it was a bad move necessarily. Uh, you know, I think some of it was being able to go live in LA versus going to live in Green Bay. Uh, but being a number two versus being a number three, or, you know, there's there's definitely a chance he could win that job over Robert Woods. He's clearly more talented than Robert Woods is, and you could argue that he's more talented than clearly, Cooper. Clearly. Clearly. When's the last time clearly. Odell has done anything related to Robert Woods' production in the last two years? When is the last time that Robert Woods did anything anywhere near what Odell Beckham did in New York? He never has. New York? Now we're talking about New York? We're, we're This is a new OBJ, man. It's been a few years, bro. <laughs> I know, but Robert Woods is not – I'm saying more talented. Odell Beckham is more talented, and I don't know what to tell you. Do we know that, right. though, anymore? Yeah, like he's that. shown it. We, we've seen it in his career. Like, he's shown the athleticism, the more electricity. More talented? He doesn't necessarily do it on a consistent basis, and he hasn't yeah, done yeah. it in – three four years with the browns i mean some of that is the quarterback yeah play. three or four years some of Show that is the quarterback play. i mean give me a, a two-time winning super bowl quarterback compared to baker mayfield i would probably put up better numbers as well fair just okay. saying the one thing I, i'll say this i don't know if this is I think it's the right move for him. This is this is what I've realized about Odell Beckham is when things are going good, Odell Beckham doesn't complain, even if he's not getting targeted and not getting the ball. When things are going bad and his offense is doing bad, that's when he starts to complain. So as long as things go well in L.A., even if he's not necessarily getting the ball all the time, as long as things are going well, he's not going to ruffle any feathers. He's not going to mix up the mojo there. He's not going to piss McVay off. He's not going to piss this team off. That's already got a very strong core. And I wouldn't mess with this, this team either because you have Aaron Donald and Von Miller on the other side of the ball. That'll set him straight. Um, and Jalen Ramsey. And Jalen Ramsey. So I, fine, I think it's the right move for him right now. Um, like you said, with it being a contract year, I don't think he's going to be able to put up the stats, but you know, he can definitely show his flashes and, and shows that, he is a valuable part of a team moving forward. And as long as he can keep his head cool, I, I think it is a good move for him. Absolutely. Fair. Really quick. Do you guys see him going back to LA after this season? No. No? They don't have the okay. money. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's going to want more money than they can even think to give out to him. Fair. Fair. All right. Well, the next piece of uh, news, breaking news that we got today was Cam motherfucking Newton is headed back to his home, the Carolina Panthers, dude. Today he met with Carolina and that's all that I thought that was going to be. I thought he was just going to meet with them and that was going to be it. But he met with them today and signed with them today, a one-year deal on Thursday. And this comes after Sam Darnold suffered a fracture in his shoulder last week. And um, we got new, we got word from our injury expert, Mitchell, that this is a very difficult bone to break. So that never sounds good. But he was placed on IR and he's expected to miss at least four weeks. So a little history lesson for you guys. Uh, anybody that doesn't know the history of Cam Newton in Carolina, he had three Pro Bowls there, 2011 Rookie of the Year, 2015 MVP and a 2015 Super Bowl appearance against the Broncos, which he ended up losing in dramatic fashion. But 
that is what it is. Um, unfortunately, we'll not see Cam Newton play against the Cardinals on Sunday, but guys, can Cam Newton revive his career and this team this season? This is a guy who didn't do the best last year in New England. I had a lot of high hopes, but he went 2,700 yards, eight touchdowns, 10 interceptions. But Carolina's upcoming schedule, kind of favorable for Cam Newton. I mean, you've got in the next four, you've got the Cardinals, Washington football team, the Dolphins, the Falcons. So only one team above 500 among those. But the last four, Bills, Bucks, Saints, Bucks, very difficult down the stretch so are we feeling good about cam newton returning to carolina to lead this team to the promised land Jaden, i'll ask you uh no i do think though that it is interesting though the first game that he's going to play back in carolina will be against ron rivera uh but no he is an improvement over sam darnold if he takes care of the ball that's it if he doesn't take care of the ball what does he what does he bring to the table like Realist, like, yes, the rushing ability is there, but they have to reshape that entire offense now if they're going to run Cam Newton football. Um, and he just isn't very accurate at all. So I think – I don't know. I just – I don't like it. I've never been a big Cam guy. So this, this doesn't mean a whole lot for me. I think the Panthers are still going to be not bottom feeders, but right above that. Huge Cam guy over here, bought a Cam Newton jersey before his season in New England. I really thought that was going to be his MVP campaign. I've always been a huge fan of Cam, and then I'm not sure where that jersey is anymore. I'm not going to lie to you. Tyler, good things for Cam or not so good? Bro, I, I was such a big believer in Cam going into last year. I drafted him and Aaron Rodgers and dropped Rodgers week one and stuck with Cam. And Rodgers obviously had an MVP season, and I still hated myself for that. That was the biggest regret I had in fantasy last year. Um, looking at this schedule, they're four and five right now. If they go three and one, they'll be seven and six. And I could definitely see them going three and one with these games coming up between uh, Cardinals. They'll probably lose that, but then Washington, Dolphins, and Falcons. And the other thing nobody's really talking about is put that man with CMC. Give me right. CAM and give me CMC in that backfield. And I kind of. I kind of fuck with it a little bit. You know, we'll see what happens. Maybe they've got a wrinkle. Uh, you know, Matt Rule is a very, very savvy coach. I, I've always been a big Matt Rule believer. And, and I think that I don't know if they're going to get to the playoffs, but I think that they will make a push. I think they're going to make things interesting. And, and that's all that you can hope for with bringing in a guy like this. And maybe it will be a resurgence. And maybe that's what we'll be talking about here in five weeks is the Carolina Panthers in that final seventh spot of the NFC as it stands right now. So um, I'm, I'm, Cautiously optimistic is how I will put it. I think that there is some upside. I think there's some potential. I think he brings, from what I've seen this year, he brings more to the table than Sam Darnold. And after three games, I wouldn't have said that. But what we've seen in the full nine-game uh, perspective, I, I I think that he can bring more than Sam Darnold. So, yeah, give me, give me, give me this for the next, I don't know, seven, eight weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean – I'm cautiously, uh, cautiously optimistic is the best way to put it, because like, I totally agree with you. You give Cam Newton a weapon like CMC, it's means nothing but good things. Like the problem with Cam last year was he couldn't really throw downfield. Like he also didn't have a receiver. Now he's got DJ Moore at least. Very true. Very true. But like, I definitely see regression from DJ Moore, serious regression. And Robbie Anderson has already been, 
pretty bad. So, I mean, whatever regression you can expect there, but I expect regression out of them, but I think dump offs to CMC, I expect to see that frequently. And just like Cam couldn't really get it done last year. Like I, I really wish he could have, but he was just not really a quarterback. And then he lost the quarterback job this year to Mac Jones and got cut. So like, Obviously, Bill Belichick had an eye on his thing, and he wasn't as good as Mac Jones. And Mac Jones has been fantastic, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel great about Cam being in Carolina. Like, I I really don't. This is, this is a team that was one of the – we were talking about them being serious contenders after they traded. They were 3-0. Uh, they traded for C.J. Henderson and Stephon Gilmore. They were really putting themselves in that conversation. So this team is built to make a run, but – I don't know if it's possible with camp quarterback. The read option is going to be fun to watch at least. Very true. Very true. And like I said, those dump balls will be frequent. So I think CMC will be involved a lot with cam with a cam led offense. So, all right. Well, that does it for our little uh, league news segment of the podcast, but let's dive into the week 10 preview. And the first game we got on the slate today is the saints. At the Titans, the Saints are sitting at five and three, and the Titans are sitting at seven and two. We've talked about them plenty. This game is in the one o'clock window, so let's dive into the things to watch. And I'll start with uh, Ryan Tannehill taking on a Saints defense that has played pretty damn well so far this year. They have allowed 273.2 yards per game to quarterbacks, which is 27th in the league, which is not very good. But Tannehill, his recent stats uh, against the Rams, 19 for 27, 143 yards, touchdown and interception on the season. He has a little over 2K, uh, 11 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He does have a 61.6 QBR, which is eighth. Um, but I want to throw a question out to you guys. Do you have faith in Ryan Tannehill to lead this offense the rest of the season? And if you're saying he will not and you're saying you don't have hope, let's say he does struggle. What does it mean for his career in Tennessee and the National Football League in general? Jaden, I'll start with you. Um, no, I don't think he will be very successful. Uh, I don't think it means a whole lot for his career because in all likelihood, uh, Derrick Henry will be back next season. So I think they will continue to use him. Uh, if Derrick Henry starts to fall off as we thought he would this season, then I think the Titans could start looking for replacements, but I think, I think he's just fine. Like he'll, he'll manage the game. He'll do enough. He can do a little bit with his legs, but I don't think he's going to be able to elevate this team to where they were supposed to be when they had Derrick Henry. I mean, like I said, last week, he does have two of the most talented wide receivers in the game. So like, if he can't do anything with that, as a pure quarterback standpoint now, because the Dolphins is going to have to run more, obviously just drop back in the pocket and throw uh, rather than the play action. But if he can't do anything with those two guys, I really think, I don't know. I think his legitimacy is really called into question. I don't know if his tenant tenant future in Tennessee is secured. I think you have a great point on Derrick Henry coming back next year, but like, what if Derrick Henry, you use him so much, what if this happens again? Like, I mean, it's very likely to happen again with the workload that you give Derrick Henry. So we're having to turn to Ryan Tannehill isn't at like totally out of the question next year and in the years to come. So Tyler, what you think? I mean, I think that like 
Yes, because of what the regular season presents from a schedule standpoint. You have the Texans twice, Jags, the Dolphins. I mean, we perceive the Dolphins to be a pretty bad defense, but, you know, we had this happen tonight. Uh, The 49ers in there as well. Um, I know that they've got Patriots, Steelers, and uh, and Saints, obviously, this week. But, I mean, I think that, yeah, he's going to be able to do enough to, to, you know, get this team to top two, three seed, if not the top seed in the AFC because of the schedule. Um, so I've got faith in him to lead the offense for the rest of the regular season. Are we talking about postseason? That's a different, completely different question. But as far as the regular season, yeah, and I agree with Jaden, you know, getting back Derrick Henry, as long as he doesn't fuck up the rest of this season, and that's a big if, I understand. As long as he doesn't fuck up, then he'll have Derrick Henry to bring back next year and they'll feel confident in bringing him back. Uh, I know that we touched on the Titans going four and O in the last four against playoff teams. The last team to go five and O against teams that were in the playoffs the year before was the Eagles in 03, who funny enough made the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that they'll do that, but this is a, a pretty crazy stretch that they're on, especially if they're to beat the saints, that'll be their fifth win against the playoff team last year in a row. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good debate there over Ryan Tannehill. Um, next thing to watch in this game that I got written on my little sheet here is uh, the A.J. Brown versus Marshawn Lattimore matchup, which should be very exciting. A.J. Brown's been balling out lately. He has at least 10 targets in the last two games. He has more than 133 receiving yards and a touchdown in two of the last four games. So I want to ask you guys, is there is there solid reason to believe that A.J. Brown will be the best wide receiver in fantasy by the season's end. You got to think about it. This offense is going to have to run through A.J. Brown. And we saw a great Sam. I mean, A.J. Brown didn't do very well because he was playing the Rams defense, but he did have double digit targets against the Rams. So we got a little preview of what this offense is going to look like going forward. And if a guy as talented as A.J. Brown can get these targets every game now, I think it means really good things. Jaden, what you got? Uh, no, I don't think he's going to be the best wide receiver in fantasy. I think there's there's a solid chance for an uptick in his production, but to say that he's going to be the best wide receiver in fantasy. <laughs> there's a solid chance for an uptick is in production. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? There's a 100% possibility that his production gets upticked. There's no, there's no not, like, it's guaranteed. There's a solid chance that his production could stall as well because – they don't have a Derrick Henry play. Julio Jones? Too. Oh, yeah, they do have a Julio Jones. I forgot. It's been hurt, I too. I, I didn't. Anyway, they don't have a Derrick Henry play action to lean off of, which opened up a lot of things for him. He left him in a lot of one-on-one matchups, which he is very good at winning those, but he's not going to get those anymore. He's going to see double teams and, you know, all that stuff that he hasn't seen a whole lot since he's been in Tennessee. Me bringing up Julio Jones, the reason I bring up him is because there is a lot of distraction on the other side of the field. Like, you have to cover Julio. It's not just A.J. Brown here, man. Yeah, but who knows how how much Julio is going to be there. Fair. I guess that's fair. Tyler, what you got? I mean, he's 28th in fantasy points right now among wide receivers. He's a, he's over 100 points behind Cooper Cup for the top spot. He's not going to get the number one wide receiver. There's absolutely no fucking way. But how about how about take the prior to this production, like prior so to you're this saying rest of the season. Forward. So you're saying from this game moving forward, will he be the number one wide receiver? No, I still right. don't think he will. 
uh, no, I think, you know, you got, you still have Cooper Cup. He's having a great year. Uh, Tyreek Hill, I think is going to turn it on. Um, I mean, Jamar Chase, we've seen what he's done. Debo has been great too. Devontae Adams. Adams. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, there's so many receivers now. I can't do it. And I just, with what are you saying? You're not putting him into that category. I'm not saying, I don't think I'd have him as a top 10 receiver the rest of the year. Wow. Wow. That's what I'd say. I just think that you're, you're putting too much. Teams are going to either a double him or B they're going to put their best corner AK this week with Marshawn Lattimore on him. And I, just don't I I think it's gonna be able to shut him down. I know he had a great week or at least a solid. <laughs> How many teams last week, left but, on the Titans schedule have an elite corner? Xavier uh, Howard and Byron Jones, Marshawn Lattimore. Xavier uh, Howard or, and Byron Jones, who have got absolutely dusted all you year. know Bill Belichick's not gonna allow him to beat him. Stacey Jackson. Uh, we don't have great corners, but we do have a great pass rush that can get to Tannehill and affect his throwing. That's the thing, is is you need to like Sure, I think you need to temper your temper your projections a little bit because you still have to remember it is Ryan fucking Tannehill that's throwing him the ball. And yes, I know that I said I have face, but that's more so in the schedule because I anticipate him getting wins. I don't anticipate him lighting it up. I just say I trust Brable more than I trust Tannehill. That's what I that's really and truly what I trust with the Titans. I don't I, I just I don't think that he's going to be able to get AJ Brown as much as we might perceive. He's it. He's the only offense remaining. That's it. That's all they got. So if they can't get you a day, Brown, just right off the season. Yeah, what yeah, happened to Julio? That's what I'm saying. That's what I've said. Right off the season. If they don't play like six of the eight. Julio's more of a decoy schedule. now. Julio's more of a decoy now. Fair enough. But again, he might not be on the field, which again, closes everything in on A.J. Brown. But if he plays injured like he has all of his career – prior to this season, then he will get injured. He again. will, he will do the great thing that he has done all season and be a decoy, which has allowed AJ Brown to have some really decent fantasy output. AJ Brown recently. has been pretty dog shit so far this season. And did you, and, did you hear what I said? Hold did on. You, you forgot to throw this little wrinkle in there. They also have a buy. They also still have their buy. They haven't had that yet. So that hurts his fantasy production as well. Cause that's one last game that he's going to get compared to probably 60 to 70 percent of the that is such receivers. a bullshit argument bro to throw in week, the buy it's a week that he's missing you're asking okay. if he, you're asking where he's going to be from this week onward the rest of the season unfortunately his buy falls in this week onward i should have phrased my question does he average the most fantasy points of any wide receiver going forward you want to know on a per game the basis answer is still no and i still don't okay. like that no i i still agree with Jaden. i still don't think he's top 10 Top ten, you guys are smoking crack, bro. Uh, I have, I have him, I have him like nine, ten ish. But I mean, he had Casey and Indianapolis, both great games. He's had nine points against the Rams, sixteen against Buffalo is good. Six against Jacksonville, seven against. Oh, Seattle, now you're going back to his like a beginning Arizona. of the season crap where he was basically to, injured the whole to? time. He was injured. He had to? a stomach virus, bro. One game. I don't fucking care. <laughs> You guys are tripping. There, I think AJ Brown is a lock it in top five wide receiver. No questions about it. No questions about it. And not to top ten. That is fucking ridiculous, bro. Anyway, he's going up against. You mentioned it earlier, Tyler Marshawn Lattimore, 
who is definitely an elite corner in this league. Uh, some of the uh, some of the recent matchups that he's had against big name wide receivers. Uh, week five, it was Terry McLaurin strapped him up four catches, 46 yards. Week seven, it was Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. They were held to a combined four catches. And then in week eight, it was Mike Evans and he did have the touchdown, but he was held to two catches ultimately. So it'll be fun to watch that matchup for sure. And how Not a good start for AJ Brown's revenge second half. Maybe Vrabel has uh, creative ways for him to get open. We'll see. Mike Vrabel we'll see. He's the only playmaker left. So anyway, let's hop into the, uh, let's hop into the tail of the tape for this game, a segment that we started last week, just some stats I'm going to throw out to you guys really quick. Uh, the Saints, I'll start with them. 3-1 in their last four games. They have 11 interceptions on defense, which is tied for third most in the league. Uh, in a game that is expected to be a little run heavy as far as Tennessee's side of the offense goes, just because that's what they primarily do. Um, uh, all right. I'm not like, Weird. we'll see. Why would they? Why would they Why be a run heavy offense? If A.J. Brown's going to be a top five wide receiver, how are they going to be a run heavy offense? 73.8 rushing yards per game, which is the least in the league. So if they do that, okay, here's my argument. They're, they're so good against the run that they'll they'll have to. They'll have to. So anyway. Throw it um, on Lattimore. Uh, they have also allowed 19.4 points per game, and that is the fifth least in the league. Uh, the Titans side of the tape, they have five straight wins. Uh, Kevin Byard, I have made a case for him to be defensive player of the year. I've since retracted that because Miles Garrett has just fallen out, but definitely has a case. He has five interceptions, which is tied for second in the league, and he has an interception in four of the last five games. So if he can continue to get these turnovers and lead this turnover-dependent defense, you know, defensive player of the year candidate for sure. Um, they have allowed 28.3 points per game, which is the sixth most in the league, unfortunately. So, dive into the spread and the money lines. Tennessee minus three money lines. Titans minus 150. Saints plus 130. Where are we going, guys? What's your pick? Jaden, I'll start with you. Uh, I got the Saints on both. I have been very outspoken about how I don't trust this Titans team. You just showed that they allow the sixth most points uh, to opposing teams. They just lost their offensive weapon, offensive nuclear weapon in Derrick Henry. And they got a somewhat of a fluke win last week against the Rams. And I think the, uh, the luck's going to run out this week. Fair enough. Tyler, what you got? Um. I'm right there with Jaden. I think plus three on the Saints, and I'll take the money line on the Saints. Um, these two teams are combined. Uh, I think it's like 10 and 0 against playoff teams from last year. So as much as I talked about the Titans having that record against playoff teams from last year, New Orleans is 4 and 0 in their own right uh, with wins over Green Bay, Washington, Seattle, and Tampa Bay, which were playoff teams last year. Um, the other thing I know that the I know that the Titans are allowing a lot of points but the Saints are 31st in NFL in passing. So it does kind of worry me, but they do have Alvin Kamara, which is going to be the best player on the field, in my opinion. Um, and the other thing, Harold Landry, quietly, having a really great season. Nine sacks, and it seems like he's at the top. I know, I think Jaden mentioned him last episode, but he's at the top of, like, every defensive major statistical category. So quietly having an all-first right season. He's right behind Miles Garrett in pretty much everything. 
and that kind of one question that I wanted to do just before we move on to our next game is can the, do you guys think the Saints can get to the playoffs with these big question marks at quarterback? Hmm. Kind of depends on how the rest of the NFC falls. Like maybe they could slip into the wild card. I, I can't see them winning that division. But it, the NFC is very top heavy, like as opposed to the AFC that has like 10 teams that are like sitting at five wins. But it's like those five that we've talked about in the NFC. And then I think the Saints are the best after those five. So I would say yes, if they can get Alvin Kamara involved heavily. Because well, let me, he I was has just say, not. Who, would, who, would you, who, who do you think is going to be their starting quarterback by the season end? I think it'll still be Simeon. I think that this offense lacks too much firepower to get rid of Taysom Hill in the gadget role that he isn't in. Like, they don't really have anybody besides Kamara. So I think Taysom is better served being in that role than being a quarterback. Jaden, what you think? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Just get a game manager. I know you don't have a whole bunch of playmakers, but the defense is going to make some plays for you. Yeah. Good thoughts there. And Trevor Simeon, you know, he's been okay. You know, he, he took the loss to Atlanta last week, but had a very solid game, no interceptions, two touchdowns. Uh, had a solid game in his opener, so le- led them to the win against Tampa Bay. So yeah. who are you taking? I, who are you taking, Kane? I'm taking Titans, dude. I really think you guys are shitting on them for no reason. Uh, the Saints lost to Hot Lana no last week. Hot Lana last week. They let Matt Ryan do things to them, which Barry. is this is this is a prime opportunity where you're you're buying high on a team like the Titans who are coming off you know four straight wins against the Rams, and you're buying low on a team like the Saints who are coming off a, a terrible loss, and that's where I think these worlds kind of clash. They just beat the Bucks. Team on such high. They did, but then they laid a flat egg against the, yeah. the Falcons. So yeah, I think yeah. This yeah. Is I'm a just saying, back, like, but this is a team that just beat Tampa Bay. Like I know that they just lost, but they also just beat the defending champion. The Titans' offense without Derrick Henry is still two times better than what they have in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Yeah, but two times, twofold. No, not better than Atlanta. No, mm-hmm. no, no. You're underselling my man, Cordero. Cordero, Cordero Patterson. <laughs> sure. Cordero, maybe I am, but I'm still taking Titans, dude. I, I'm a. You mentioned Brable. Like I think Brable's right there for the coach of the year conversation. What he did against the best team of football last week. I mean, I can't. I'm not doubting that. I'm not against a backup quarterback. You got me, you got me fucked up, bro. Taking Tennessee all the way, spread and the money line. All right, that's good talk that we had over the Titans and Saints game in the one o'clock window. But let's dive into a spicy one in the four thirty window, and that is a classic matchup indeed: Seahawks at the Packers. The Seahawks are sitting at three and five, and the Packers are sitting at seven and two. Let's dive into the things to watch in this game, and I will start with. Russell Wilson is back, people. He is ahead of schedule in his finger recovery. He was expected to miss a few more weeks, but it's Russell fucking Wilson. So he decided to come back a little early, and now he is set to start versus Green Bay. So I want to ask you guys, with the return of Mr. Superman Russell Wilson, are the Seahawks playoff bound now? They're sitting at three and five, which doesn't put them too far out of the playoff conversation. Uh, their upcoming schedule, they got the Cardinals, then they play at the Washington football team, the 49ers, at the Texans, at the Rams, then they finish the season with the Bears, the Lions, but then they play at the Cardinals in the last game of the season. And 
they're competing for a wild card spot now. Um, I mean, it's debatable whether or not they beat the Packers now, you know. It's especially if the Packers lose this game and Aaron Rodgers is out, which I'll dive to in a second. But right now on the wild card side, they're competing with the Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers sitting at five and three, four and four, and four and five. So are we feeling good about the Seahawks making the play uh, the playoffs now? Jaden, I'll start with you. Gotta be honest, I don't think I've ever heard Russell Wilson referred to as Superman. Um well, but I mean I, the man I comes do... back from a fractured finger two weeks early. I'll call him Superman. I'll be that the first is one. Superman-ish. Um, yeah, I think they sneak into that wild card spot with the Saints. It'll probably be one of Rams, Cardinals, and then Saints and Seahawks. That's at least what I think is how it's gonna shake out. I don't trust the Falcons and Panthers to overtake Russell Wilson, his group. Fair. I mean, you think about it like their potential record by the end of the season. So let's say they take one from the Cardinals. Uh, then they get dubs against Washington football team, 49ers, Texans, Bears, and Lions. So that's one, two, three, four. That's five wins. So, I mean, they're they're sitting in pretty good, pretty good space right now. Tyler, what you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're going to sneak in. I, I don't think that schedule is uh, formidable by any means. Uh, especially getting Russell Wilson back like they've got now. And like, these are the seven teams that I've come up with that I think are going to make the playoffs from the NFC. So you have Rams and Cardinals then you have Packers, Cowboys, Bucks, and then you have, in my opinion, Saints and then Seahawks. I know the Panthers are now there. I know the Falcons are, uh, the Falcons are there. I know, I guess technically the Vikings are there. Um, but those are the seven teams that I really look like are, are going to make the playoffs. So yeah, I think with that extra wild card spot this year, I think that the Seahawks are going to end up sneaking in. And, you know, give some credit to Geno Smith. He kept this, sh- this ship afloat. I know it was only one win and it was against the Jags, but he still did what he needed to do in those three games and didn't completely blow up this team and keep him in somewhat of contention to get Russ back and make the playoffs. So I got to give him some credit. Also, the Seahawks have not won at Lambeau in the regular season in, or, or in general in over two decades. They have six regular season losses and three playoff losses in that time. So they have horrible history at Lambeau. Got some matchup history between Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. That should be interesting that I'll dive into. But good talk on Russell Wilson. Good talk on the Seahawks possibly making the, making the wild card spot when it's all said and done. But let's dive into the Packers side of this game. And I'll start with Aaron Rodgers with his status still up in the air for Sunday. So to walk you a little bit through the timeline, uh, on Monday it seemed pretty optimistic that Rodgers was going to play. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers showed confidence. They, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they came out with Instagram posts that were saying that he was going to be back. Like, it was like, I oh, he's so. back, like the big man's back, like all this stuff. It's all since been deleted because I looked and could not find it. But I remember seeing it at some point. Um, but then on Tuesday – Waters got a little murky when Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show that there is a, quote, small possibility that he does not play. And it only got worse for Rodgers and the Packers on Tuesday after they were fined. Each Rodgers 14,000, Packers 300,000 for COVID-19 violations. So really sketchy stuff going on in Green Bay right now. Nothing good. But Matt LaFleur did bring some confidence to the thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to play on Sunday. Um, he said Rodgers has been on Zoom for all the team meetings so far this week, and he's confident for him to start on Sunday. Um, and they definitely need him back because last week against Kansas City, the offense looked terrible. At uh, eh, 
with Jordan Love at the reins, and they only scored seven points on offense. So I want to throw out a little trivia, a little uh, debate question for you guys that'll be pretty interesting to dive into real quick. Um, Who's more valuable to their team, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? Jaden, I'll start with you. Ah, I don't know. That's a toughie, I know. (laughs) I probably have to go with Russell Wilson, although I, I do think that Aaron Rodgers is better. I just think the Packers are built better uh, around him. And Seattle Seahawks have a lot of holes that get exploited very often, but Russell Wilson is able to make up for that because of his big, 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 big amount of talent. I thought you were going to say his big dick or something like that. I was like <laughs> waiting for that. <laughs> but Tyler, what you think? Who's more valuable to their team, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I would say, um, I would say Russ as well. Um, I think that I trust, I just, I, I hate Pete Carroll. Can't stand Pete Carroll. Um, I, I'll take LaFleur over Pete Carroll. And also I'll take Jordan Love over Geno Smith. I know I just hyped up Geno, but um, I, I would take Jordan Love and, and what the Packers have to offer from a defensive side of things as well, more so than I, I would trust um, with the Seahawks. The other thing, I have a question for you guys. Do you think that Aaron Rodgers' relationship with the front office was somewhat mended by this COVID situation because they stuck together? Um, I don't think so because I think Aaron Rodgers was the leader of the charge here. I think he's why they both got fined. So maybe that's more real. I mean, the Packers were fully aware that he was not vaccinated. I mean, they have. Which is, I mean, they kept it under the rug though. Right, exactly. I mean, they have records of, but what are you going to tell Aaron Rodgers to wear a mask at press conferences? I mean, I don't know, man. you can't, you know, but I well, think, then... I think it hurts a little bit because they got fined 300 K bro. And I know that's for, their man. I know. And, and, and it, and it's just like, you see what you got from Jordan love too. Like maybe they realize they need him. Yeah. And this obviously is much more long-term, but now, are you betting as far as where Aaron Rodgers is next season? Are you betting the Packers or the field? Mm. I'm betting I'm the field. The, I'm taking the Packers, man. I, wow. I, just, I have no reason to not believe it right now. I feel like it's all a show. As a team with $60 million in cap space and a glaring hole at quarterback next season, I pray to God that it's the field. Um but man, I'm I'm really starting to believe that he might find his way back to Green Bay. The main problem with him in Green Bay has been the uh, lack of care to move from management. I mean, you now go out and you get the Randall Cobbs, the Whitney Mercilesses, the Devondre Campbells, the Rasul Douglases, where you don't just go out and uh, promote a practice squad player. And that was like one of his big issues. And they've stopped doing that ever since he came out and said something about it. So I don't know. I hope that he doesn't, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think that I would definitely take the field because think about it before this season, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams both posted last dance pictures on their Instagram. And that was just kind of like, this is the last dance. Like this is the last, last little run that we're going to get together. And, Interesting enough, I think OBJ not going to the Packers really hurt their chances of coming back next year because Devontae was very vocal about wanting OBJ in, in Green Bay, and he was very optimistic. 
And I can't imagine that he's going to be too, too happy about this whole thing. You know, like well, the Packers, the whole thing was like they never go out and get anybody. And they could have had a chance to flip the script on that by giving Odell Beckham just a rest of the year contract. And honestly, that would have made everybody within the all the players happy. It would have made the organ like the fans happy. Like you finally did. But you couldn't you you couldn't even fix that. You like it. Devontae crazy, was praying for this man to come to Green Bay and he couldn't. The crazy thing about that situation was, from what I understand, the Packers didn't really go all in on Odell Beckham. They weren't willing to give him more money because they're worried about extending Devontae Adams. And they were kind of just like, look, we would like to have you, but if you don't want to come here, you don't want to come here. Like I'm, they they did not go all in at all. And, that, and the Rams did. And that's why I ended up in LA. I'm not going to sit here and say this guy said yes or this guy said no, but the one person that you didn't bring up in that entire thing, Kane, was Aaron Rodgers. What did he say about Odell? Maybe he didn't want Odell. Maybe he thought Odell was too much of a head case and he doesn't want him in the locker room. He doesn't want screwing things up because there's already enough distraction with what's going on with his with Aaron Rodgers' world right now. Yeah, I mean, the reason Aaron Rodgers didn't say anything was because he his, he's under fire. His, yeah, he's under fire right now. His name has been in the media too much so asking for a pair publicly after you just got your team fined three hundred dollars or three hundred dollars three hundred thousand dollars yeah that's i wouldn't go out making requests for players then so i think him and Devonte are so close he communicated to Devonte that he really wanted obj to come and Devonte was a spokesperson for the all and it's still the packers don't get him <laughs> oh what an embarrassment of an organization dude i'm like come on Come on, bro. Like, do something, anything. I love it. It's like, it's like the meme with the stick. Like, just like, come on, do something. Like, they never do anything. Like, nothing exciting ever happens in Green Bay except Aaron Rodgers. Anyway, let's dive into the tale of the tape for this game. And I'll start with what I alluded to earlier, and that's the matchup history between these two. So, Russell versus Aaron. They have had eight matchups in their career since uh, Russell Wilson was a rookie in 2012. And he did play in that rookie matchup um, and he did end up winning. So that was nice. Um, but the matchups are even, they both have four wins uh, in the matchup, but Aaron Rodgers has won four of the last five matchups between the two. So Aaron Rodgers has dominated that matchup recently. It'll be interesting to see if he does it again. Um, on the Seahawks side of the ball for tail of the tape, they have allowed 21.1 points per game, which is ninth best in the league. Uh, they have also, unfortunately, allowed 127.6 rushing yards per game, which is 24th. And especially if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get the start in this one, that'll play a major factor. Um, they have also allowed 273.9 passing yards per game, which is 28th. So that defense as much as we had faith in Jamal Adams is stinky, but on the Packers side of the ball, they have allowed 20 points per game, which is sixth in the league. And this green Bay defense has been a really present surprise, especially after the concerns for them at the beginning of the season, they have really turned it around. They've allowed 210.4 passing yards per game allowed as well, which is seventh best in the league. So that Packers defense is starting to put themselves into an elite category. All right. Spreads and the money lines for this game. The spread is Green Bay minus three and a half. The money lines, Green Bay minus 175, Seattle plus 150. What are your picks, guys? Jaden, I'll start with you. 
Uh, I mean, this is obviously relatively contingent on whether or not Rodgers plays. I think if Rodgers doesn't play, I'm taking Seattle pretty easily. Uh, if Rodgers plays... Let's assume Rodgers plays, just for the sake of argument. If Rodgers plays, I think I'm going to go Green Bay on both. Nice. Okay. Tyler, what you got? Um, I'm going to go... I keep going back and forth to this game. I think I'm going to go with Seattle on the three and a half with the spread. But I think I'm going to go Green Bay on the money line. I think this is going to be a field goal game at the end. Um, and weirdly enough, I think Mason Crosby might actually have the game-winning kick. And he's 4 of 10 on his last 10 field goals after making it 27 straight. Special teams have been abysmal. They were last week. They had the missed 40-yarder, a blocked 37-yarder, the muff punt. So if Green Bay can get their uh, special teams sh- shit in check, then they should win this game pretty easily. But, um, yeah, I, I think Seattle with the rust back, I think they're going to show a little bit of heart, a little bit of desperation too, because um, I think that they know time's ticking and they got to turn the season around pretty quickly. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to take the Packers on the spread and the money line in this one. I think uh, as much as Russell Wilson is out to prove something, and this is almost a must-win game for them, almost uh, – I think Aaron Rodgers has a lot to prove as well. Like he's wants to prove that he's the man and he's worth all this drama and this attention that he's getting. So, and he loves to prove like him yelling at Chicago bears fans that he still owns them. So I think he's out to prove that all the drama circulating around him recently is well-founded. So, and against say the pit, the Packers defense is good and the Seahawks defense is bad. So Give me this Packers offense versus the Seahawks offense. I'll take them on the spread and the money line in game. Yep. All right. Well, let's dive into the last game that we have on the slate. And that is the Sunday night football matchup between the Chiefs, who are sitting at five and four after three lucky wins recently. Um, and uh, they are oh, two lucky wins recently. My apologies. Um, but they are playing at the Raiders, who are sitting at five and three. So the things to watch in this game, we have beaten the Chiefs to death recently. So I feel like anything that we want to cover about the Chiefs, you guys can definitely go ahead and chime in when we get into our picks and stuff. But I don't want to talk about the Chiefs anymore, personally. I don't think they're good. But um, let's throw some love the Raiders way, man. How about that? We have not had a lot of Raiders talk on this pod. And since losing John Gruden, this team is two and one. And in their two wins, granted, they were versus Denver and Philadelphia, but these are very solid defenses. And they have scored more than 33 points in each of those games. And they've won both those games by at least 10 points. So throw some loves the Raiders way. They did have some unfortunate news this week when they had to let go of, (laughs) what'd you say? What else is new? Yeah, exactly. They had to release a yet another 2020 first rounder in cornerback Damon Arnett. He released a video on social media of him holding assault rifles and claiming to kill and wanting to kill people. So that's not really good for the face of an organization. So (laughs) (laughs) I think the Wizards had that happen uh, like 10, 15 years ago. Or that was in the locker room when they were sitting there dealing the guns with like Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas, Javarius Crittenden. Yeah, I remember. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man, that was funny. Yeah. Well, they got a lot of that same thing going on in Las Vegas recently. Um, obviously, the unfortunate news of Henry Ruggs last week. And now you get the another, the second first round pick in the 2020 draft also released this week because of that video. So 
I want to ask you guys, can the Raiders' success be credited at all to Mike Mayock, or is he the problem? Jaden, I'll start with you. Uh, 100% he is the problem. Uh, the, the drafting that he has been doing over the last few years, granted, the Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett situations, both they're not with the team for non-football-related reasons, but Damon Arnett could have been cut without this video and no one would have batted an eye and Henry Ruggs is, was simply not worth where he was selected. Uh, and you saw Alex Leatherwood has been absolutely awful through the first couple of games. They just, they don't draft. Well, they don't Jonathan Abram has been mostly a bust for the majority of the time he's been there. They just, they don't draft. Well, they always draft players too high from your blue bloods blue blood schools i didn't even mess that up and i still corrected myself um <laughs> that play in the college football playoff every year and they're always four-year seniors so that's pretty much what you're going to get out of them and they suck when they get into the nfl Fair, tyler you think that mike mayop is a problem or do you think we can throw some of the success this team is having on his back tyler so i think he's hit on a couple um like colton miller i know was a good pick crosby um, Renfro, those are like the three that come to mind that were like, you know, obviously Colt Miller was the first round, but the other two are pretty late round picks. So he hit on a couple, but like for the most part, yeah, like I think he's the problem there. I mean, I, I don't think what he's done is, is good by any means. I mean, Derek Carr wasn't his pick. He inherited Derek Carr and he's been the bright spot of this team so far this year. That's kind of held them together. Um, but I think, I just think there's so much shit going on in Vegas that it's just eventually it's got to come crumbling down at some point in time. And when it does, Mayock's got to go. Yeah. I think a lot of the move to Vegas has a lot to do with this. Especially Sin City, with- man. Sin City takes its victims. I was not one last weekend, which I'm still very happy about, but Sin City will take its victims. Wait, you're telling me you didn't end up putting a video on social media with assault rifles and, and- to kill people? And I didn't go 156 miles per hour in the Las Vegas Strip either. Or wow. sending out racist emails 10 years ago. I know, wow. man. Crazy. Look at that. Three for three. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> three for three. But I think, like, it's really uh, – you got young players like that, like Henry Ruggs, uh, Henry, Henry Ruggs, and Damon Arnett. Like, these are young guys, and they got thrown into Vegas. So, you put those two things together, not – not great, not great outcome predicted there. So, all right. Well, good talk on Mike Mayock there. But next thing I want to dive into here is some Derek Carr talk. So does Derek Carr outplay the fantastic, most talented, the, the best quarterback ever in Patrick Mahomes, who has just fucking sucked lately? Uh, Derek Carr on the season. He has 2,500 passing yards, which is third in the league. He has 13 touchdowns and seven interceptions. He has multiple passing touchdowns in six of eight games so far this year. Like you said, Tyler, he's really holding this team together, and he's the only he's doing it by himself. So I want to ask you guys, is Derek Carr a franchise quarterback? And if so, does he get paid like one? Because he only has one more year left on his current deal. Jaden, I'll start with you. I was terrified you were going to ask me if Derek Carr is better than Patrick Mahomes. Um, I mean, so wait, is, is, is this his contract year or is next year's contract year? Next year's contract year. He's got this year so and next year. Yeah. See, that's tricky because I don't think that he can sustain this level of play for the next year and a half because we have not seen this level of play from Derek Carr 
for a year and a half or even a year in his entire career. Uh, so could he be a franchise quarterback if he continues to play like this? Absolutely. But do I think that he should be paid like one? Probably not. Do I think he will? Probably. Yeah. Tyler, what you got? I pretty much agree with exactly what Jaden said. I like, I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's, you honestly know where I think he ranges right in that Baker Mayfield range, probably a little bit better than Baker Mayfield, but somewhere in that range, as far as like the, the, the relative contract that both of them are going to get. I know Carr's a little bit older, obviously, but um, I just look at those guys as like game managers. I love Derek Carr's leadership. Don't get me wrong, but eventually his athletic ability at the quarterback position, it does have to, to show at some point in time. And, I, I agree with Jaden. I haven't seen it on like a more, con- I haven't seen it on such a consistent basis. And some of that is no fault of his own because he doesn't have much in Las Vegas or Oakland previously. So I, I think that he's going to get paid like a franchise quarterback. And I think he is like, I think he can get you to a playoffs, but I don't see him as like a, a Super Bowl contending quarterback now. I don't know, man. Like I'll play devil's advocate. This is a guy, he is all, he is, I mean, I don't have the record sitting in front of me, but he has kept the Raiders within respectability every year that he has been the quarterback there. And that is very hard to do. No, they were, they were, I mean, they picked fourth three years ago because they picked Clellan Farrell. I remember that another Mayock overdraft, but yeah, they've been bad. But you think about what's around him though. Like, can you remember a big name wide receiver? That has Amari been there. Cooper. Yeah, Amari Cooper. Obviously, that was elite. Like, so, but that adds fuel to my argument. Like, you give him a wide receiver like Amari Cooper, and they get they the nickname okay, ACDC, and that was one of the best quarterback wide receiver duo nicknames I've ever heard. ACDC. That was sick. So the, the one year that they were good and went to the playoffs is the year that I think he like broke his leg in the final regular season or second to final regular season game. And they had to start a backup in that one playoff game and they lost that playoff game. But like, other than that, I mean, seven and nine, six and 10, four and 12, seven and nine, eight and eight. Like, like I said, he's probably good enough to get you to the playoffs, but I don't see anything past that. Fair, fair. But in Kane's defense, these teams are not good. Like, no, they, and this is not like even this team now. This is not a good football team. I just, no, I, I'm still not buying the Raiders. I'm not either. And they showed it last week against the G men. Yeah. But you're buying, I'm buying Derek Carr. Like he's, he's the reason they are five and three. The only reason that is it. So I think even if he does like the bare minimum next year, I think he gets paid like a major time quarterback. I think he gets a Kirk Cousins level deal. Like, I see that incoming for Derek Carr. He's only 30 years old, so he's definitely got plenty of years left in the tank as a quarterback. So I think and like I said, I think from his leadership standpoint, that's another reason why you would pay him all that money is for what he brings into your locker room. And not every quarterback has the charisma that he has. And it's something that you can't just grow into. It's something that you have to have. It's that that it factor. And he's got it. And that's one positive attribute that I can 100 percent absolutely say about Derek Carr. Fair, fair. All right. Well, that was some solid Derek Carr debate that we had just now, but let's dive into the tail of the tape for this game, shall we? Uh, On the Chiefs side of the ball, like I've said, I've hammered Chiefs stats home for the past two weeks, so I don't want to dive too deep into it. But the Chiefs have scored 20 points or less in three straight weeks, 
and they have allowed 381.4 yards per game, which is 25th in the league, which is not very good. That's almost 400 yards of offense a game. Phew. And then you've got the Raiders, who I brought up some defensive uh, statistics, especially rendered against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> they have two point, sacks, two point sacks per game, which is seventh in the league. So they're seventh in the league in sacks. And they've allowed only 207.1 yards per game to quarterbacks, which is fifth in the league. So that's guaranteed to give Patrick Mahomes trouble. And with that, let's dive into our picks for this game. The spread, Kansas City minus two and a half. The money lines, Kansas City minus 140. Las Vegas plus 120. Jaden, what you got for this game, bro? Uh, give me Kansas City on both. I think that, you know, their things are kind of looking up for them. They've won two straight. Uh, and the Raiders are coming off a loss to the Giants, who the Chiefs beat the week prior. Not very handedly. Barely. The because Raiders lost to them, so – Fair. Tyler, what you got? Um, I'm going with Chiefs minus two and a half. I'm going with Chiefs money line. I would take Chiefs by touchdown in this game. Um, this is the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career they've been held to 20 points or less in three straight games, and they've been held to that in four out of the last five as well, which coincidentally, that was when Claude Edwards Elia also <laughs> got hurt, and he is reportedly going to be back this week. So I do think that is a big step in the right direction for this Chiefs offense. I think they will find their groove. Um, Melvin Ingram also being added to this defense, I think is going to help because it's going to allow Chris Jones to go back inside, back to his uh, comfortable position. Um, little tidbit I found, if Andy Reid wins this game, he will move into sole possession for fifth all-time in career regular season wins. And let me ask you guys this. If the Chiefs win this game, are they back in the race to win not only the AFC West, but the AFC as a whole? No. That's yes, it. Absolutely. In fact, I would go as far as to say, gun to my head, you tell me I've got to pick a team to win the AFC. It might be the Chiefs. Bro, you guys are tripping. This yeah, like this is a completely different offense. Like this is the, it's the we're not gonna offense if we're being honest. Did you see them play last time they played? That was not a Kansas City offense. That was a weird dish it off. Uh, longest pass was swing pass Michael Hardman. Like, this is not a Kansas City offense that we are used to seeing. Listen, and man, I don't. I know. I know it's different, but do you know how many teams are sitting at five or six wins right now? This isn't the NFC where there's five teams that are great. The AFC has like 11 teams that could legitimately be the one seed. Like you've got the entire North, the, the Colts, if the they, Titans, the Patriots, if, the Bills, the, and basically the entire West too. If the Bills beat the Jets, let's say the Titans lose to the Saints. The Ravens just lost to the Dolphins. If the Titans lose that game, Kansas City wins. Kansas City's only one back in the win column at six wins. And Tennessee's at the top of the AFC it's with wide seven open. wins. I don't know. Like the only they have beat granted. Okay, they've gotten they've gotten a few dubs recently, but they have gotten dubs against bad teams and not playing to the Kansas City offense that we're used to seeing. And but the they defense has played well. At, the defense has allowed 381.4 yards per game. 
but the last two games. Great. You get you did fantastic against Jordan Love in his first ever ever. Listen, okay, okay, but they're winning hey, games. Okay. But they're winning games in ways that we aren't accustomed to the Kansas City Chiefs winning games. And what happens when this against the offense, Giants? What against happens, the Giants? What and happens, a Packers team without Aaron Rodgers. But what Come happens on. if they're if they're winning games with a defense like this? What happens when that offense does turn the corner? Because are you kidding me? You don't think that at any point in time this entire season the Kansas City Chiefs offense is going to turn that corner? You don't. You don't think I? That. I'm not going to say it until I see it, bro. I haven't seen it. Where? Where's it okay, at? Where's so the proof? The bill, you the saw it with have... Clyde Edwards-Helaire, and Clyde Edwards-Helaire is back this week, baby. The Bills have had big losses, or not big losses, but they. they I mean, they just lost to Jacksonville. You, you're just gonna nothing on that. The Ravens just lost to Miami. The Titans no longer have the Bills. At least prove that they can beat good teams. The Kansas City Chiefs have not proved it this year. They beat the Browns in Week One. Oh, what a win! What a major win! Wow. Another five and four team in this AFC. It's the AFC we're they talking have the, about. They the have NFC. the same dude. And the, the the thing is, the Chiefs have a gauntlet so, though. Like five and four. I know that it's not the Chiefs that we've expected, but they have a gauntlet. They have a gauntlet in the first half, and they quite honestly they have a gauntlet in the second half too. But yeah, I mean the Giants they're, are they're really right. Gauntlet. No, but they've got the Cowboys, the Steelers, they, the Chargers. They get one again, easy game. The and we're like, oh. They, they, There's I mean, a, they have a real, they have one of the hardest schedules in the league. You're making my points for me, Jaden. Thanks. You're making my points for me, bro. They've had one of the hardest schedules in the league. And they like, then they play the Giants and barely beat them, bro. It's the fucking Giants. The rate, and you're, and, uh, and let me guess, you're going to pick the Raiders on both here, who just lost to the Giants last week. And you're going to pick the Raiders here. It's a weird week. It's a weird week, but the Kansas City Chiefs are putting, together consistent weird weeks every single week so dude the bills lost to the jaguars last week man and the cowboys lost to denver well so that was the but who didn't lose the kansas Kansas city City chiefs Chiefs. congratulations bro just saying these teams are losing to these dog shit teams and they're coming away with two wins i'm not saying it's i'm not saying that they're the best team in the afc right now i'm just asking if they do win this game are they back in the race if they win win this game if they win this game just by doing using the same offense that they use to beat the giants and the packers then i don't see them sitting atop the afc if i see patrick mahomes play like patrick mahomes again you see them sitting atop the afc west Oh, with the Chargers there, uh, like because the Chargers haven't really impressed, and they go out and beat the Raiders at home. At least the at least Justin Herbert threw for almost 400 yards last week. Like Patrick Mahomes hasn't done that in what seems like 40 years. You're just like picking <laughs> like, random stats here, like oh, well, at least this guy did this. At least the Chargers have an offense, bro, that they haven't really changed at all. They literally had to change the entire offense to some kind of college offense last week and against the Giants as well. So until I see this offense return to normal, then I'm not even if they do win this game, I'm not. No, you got me fucked up. Yeah, sorry. I'm taking the Raiders on the spread in the money line. Give it to me. I'm betting against them until I see it. 
because it has been every I love when people say, oh, this is the week that Patrick Mahomes is going to get back. This is the week that Patrick Mahomes is going to get back. It's happened for like the past six weeks, dog. Show it to me. I like I I said it the first two weeks, too. Like, obviously, it's Patrick Mahomes. But like, show, what have you done for me lately? So Clyde feel- Edwards, Eli. <laughs> You got me fucked up, bro. Anyway, <laughs> let's dive into the other games that we got uh, happening on Sunday and Monday. Uh, I will start off with the Buccaneers at the Washington football team. Tampa Bay is favored minus nine and a half. Uh, yeah, give me Tampa Bay on the spread in the money line. Jaden? Uh, yeah, give me Tampa Bay on the spread in the money line. I wasn't even listening when you just asked me who they were playing, but I'm going to, or when you just told me who they were playing, but I'm going to go with Tampa Bay because, duh. Guess who it is? Oh, it's Washington. It's Washington. Yeah, give me give me the Bucks by like 150. Hey man. Tyler. Uh Bucks coming off a loss. Bucks coming off a bye. I'll take Bucks on both spread and the money line. Although I like there's a part of me that wants to take Washington because of how crazy it's been in the NFL. But you know, my picks are on fire last week with all these upsets. You know I'm what? Gonna, I'm gonna stick with it though. I'm sticking with Bucks Jesus minus nine and a half oh and Bucks money God. line. You know what? Go ahead, Cam. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take Washington football team on the spread, Bucks on the money line. You know why? You remember the last time that Taylor Heineke played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yes, playoffs. Covered he that nine them, and a half. He gave them the best quarterback performance of anybody they played in the playoffs, including uh, primetime Patrick Mahomes. And so. not including Aaron Rodgers. Well, Taylor Heineke, you guys remember very well, he did look like Brett Favre against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last time he played. So, 26 of 44, 306, one touchdown, one pick, 46 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown. So, he did have a good game. I mean, he had a good game. I guess statistically, it's pretty damn close. He gave the Buccaneers the best fight that any other quarterback did. Nah, Aaron Rodgers did, if not LaFleur, went for it um, and down eight instead of kicking a field goal. But, yeah. Okay, well, I'm taking, if it weren't clear enough. Either way, he had a very very good game. Yeah, I think this is going to be his little bounce back here, but I'm still taking the Bucs. Next game we got on the slate, had an argument to be a headliner game. Uh, It is Hot Lana. I really like that term you gave, uh, what was it, last week? I think it was, yeah, last week you started calling Atlanta Hot Lana. But I call them Hot Lana because I really don't think that they are Hot Lana, so it's kind of making fun of them, but. Anyway, the Falcons, who are sitting at four and four, play at the Cowboys, who are sitting at six and two. Dallas is favored minus nine. And I'll take Atlanta on the spread, but Dallas on the money line. Jaden? Uh, I'm going to go with Dallas on the money line, but I'm going to take Atlanta on the spread. I, I don't know why, but I kind of like what they've been doing. I think they, they, you know, can score on offense. And that was kind of what it was supposed to be with them coming into the year. They're just going to try and outscore everybody, hence them drafting an offensive player when they have glaring needs on defense. And AJ Terrell has actually been playing like one of the best corners in the NFL this season. So with Amari Cooper questionable and you've only got CD lamb, maybe, I don't know. Any given Sunday, Tyler, what you got? I mean, Hotlanta is the right term. Braves won the World Series. George is number one in the entire country. 
I mean, it's Atlanta right now, but Kevin um, Herter, true. Kevin Herter. Uh, I'm following your guys' trend there. I'm going with Cowboys on the money line, but I do like the Falcons to cover that nine. I think it's just too much. You know, if they lose by a touchdown, you still cover the spread. So, um, yeah, give me Dallas money line, but Falcons on the spread. Sweet. Next game, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off a big win against Buffalo at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Colts are favored minus 10 and a half. And give me the cold spread and money line. I really think that was just a fluke last week with Jacksonville. Jaden? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Colts on both as well. They get the Jets and the Jags in back-to-back weeks. So, good for Indianapolis. <laughs> Tyler? Yep, same. Uh, I love what I'm seeing from Jonathan Taylor right now. Carson Wentz is playing good football as well. Um, I know that they had that hiccup against the Titans um, that they lost in overtime, but mm. – you know, they were up like 14 nothing, I think, in that game, and they, they blew that lead. But uh, I, I like what I'm seeing from the Colts right now. So I like the Colts by two touchdowns in this game, and I think you're right. I think last week was kind of a fluke. And, I mean, we even saw it. Like, how many times, Jaden, you said it, we'll never, ever see it again where a guy with the same name gets a fumble recovery, a sack, uh, an interception, a couple – I mean, yeah, a couple tackles for loss too. But all that against a quarterback with the same exact game with him. It was just a fluke game all around. Um, so that's why I'm going to go with the Colts this week as well. Good stuff. Next game we got, which also had a solid argument to be a headliner game, is the Browns, who are sitting at five and four, at the Patriots, who are also sitting at five and four. New England is favored in this game, minus two and a half. And, you know, I'm not sure. I'll let you guys go with your picks first. Jaden, what you got? Uh, No Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hunt. Well, presumably no Nick Chubb. He's on the COVID list. They haven't came out and officially said that he'll be out. Um, this is really tough. Tyler, what's your, what's your pick Tyler? I mean, I said it last week on the pod, um, leading in as far as my North South. Um, and I did make an argument that this team's going to, in my opinion, I think this team's going to win the AFC East. I do. I think the Patriots are going to win this game. I think Patriots are going to win the AFC East. You heard it here first. And I think we are looking dead in the eyes right now to a Brady versus Belichick Super Bowl. Get ready, because I think it might be brewing. The Patriots are hot right now, and I really like the direction that they're going. Imagine that storyline. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine the viewers in that game? I'm just salivating over that right now to see those two come together against each other on the biggest stage in football. It'll be one of the greatest Super Bowls, if not the greatest. People tuned in to the Sunday Night Football matchup more than, like, a ton. I know. That was just Sunday Night Football. But I, 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 Mac Jones is, we talked about, we talked about on the last pod with rookie quarterbacks gaining confidence. It's another guy that's just gaining confidence and the defense is clicking on all cylinders right now. The Patriots are a dangerous team and uh, they're kind of flying under the radar. We talk about these teams in the AFC, they're right there in the thick of it, you know, for, for possibly, like I said, competing not only for the division title, but possibly that number one seed as an outside shot too. Yeah, for sure. Um, Considering that Nick Chubb is going to be out in this game, uh, it's not a really great track record for guys who end up on the COVID list uh, in the middle of the week and playing. I believe the only guy that has done that so far is Zach Ertz in week three. Um, But considering that they won't have Nick Chubb in this game, I will take New England on the spread in the money line because the only reason they could win the game last week is because they had Nick Chubb. So, Jaden, what you got? Yeah, uh, I'll take New England on. Uh, yeah, I'll take New England on the spread of the money line. Uh, they are, they are heating up right now. 
I do have concerns for them long-term just because they have a serious lack of explosiveness on offense. And Damien Harris is currently in concussion protocol. So they're also missing their starting running back. Uh, I think this is going to be close though. Not, maybe not, maybe not two and a half points close, but close. I think Fair. that this is a, I think this is a points at a premium type of game. I anticipate this game going under if it's like, Anywhere from like 38 to 40 total points, I'd probably still take the under. I think we're looking at like a 17-14, a maybe a, a, a 20 to 13, 20 to 17 type game, something like that. Something really low scoring. Very similar output that we saw in the Steelers Browns game. Well, and the and the Broncos Browns game seems to be a trend with the Browns and their unders. Very true. Very true. Uh, next game we got to get into is the Bills at the Jets. Buffalo's favored minus 12. Um, give me the Jets on the spread because big dick Mike White is returning this week. Uh, so, yeah, give me the Jets on the spread, but Bills on the money line. Jaden, what you got? I don't know why, but you taking the Jets on the spread turned me off to the idea of taking the Jets on the spread. So I'm going to go with the Bills on both. Not a fan of Mike White, huh? I mean, it's fine. Like, I, I get the whole, like, uh, you know, he's cool. Uh, uh, he's cool. Only one of two yeah, quarterbacks to throw for 400 yards in his debut. You know, that weird stuff. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, that's that, about. That's what I'm talking about. Tyler, what you got? Um, Buffalo to win. And then, yeah, I, I, I like um, I like the Jets plus 12 here. I think they compete, um, I think, just to put it lightly. Other than that Patriots game where they got absolutely – blown the doors off um they have competed at times in in most of their games uh and with yeah like you said with getting mike white back that's obviously a huge upgrade and they almost backdoor covered indianapolis last week if it weren't mm-hmm. for a tip pass in on the goal line they were down 15 and almost got the touchdown to, to make it a single digit game so i could see a similar situation like that this week where they're down like 17 or 14 and get a field goal or a touchdown late just to, to cover the spread agreed agreed Next game, we got the winless Lions at your Pittsburgh Steelers sitting at five and three. Uh, Pittsburgh is favored minus eight. And give me Pittsburgh spread money line. Jaden, what you got? I'm going to be honest, man. This is terrifying. I have never been more scared of an 0-8 team. Uh, also, the, f- the fact that the spread is only eight points for a team that is – Seems like a playoff team versus a winless team. It's so sad. That's still a fat spread, bro. Yeah, but I think I think the Lions cover, and I, I'm gonna take the Steelers on the money line, though. God will. I think Jared Goff is gonna be not gonna know what to do with himself with T.J. Watt on his asshole game. Tyler, what you got? I agree. Um, the Lions have had this trend this year where they play a good game. And they play a bad game. So it started with the 49ers, played them tough to the end. Then they played the Packers, got blown out. Then they played the Ravens, won that game or lost that game extremely close. Then they played the Bears, got blown out. Then they played the Vikings, close. Then they played the Bengals, got blown out. Then they played the Rams, close. Then they played the Eagles, got blown out. So now we're looking at a close game. So I'm going to go with the Lions with the the spread, but I'm going to take the Steelers on the money line. I I think that they just keep going this trend where it's back and forth, back and forth, cover, don't cover, cover, don't cover. So I'll I'll just keep going with that trend uh, and take the Lions plus eight. Fair, 
Fair. Next game we got on the slate is the Panthers at the eight and one Cardinals. Uh, like I said, no Cam Newton this game. So PJ Walker will be making the start. Arizona is favored minus 10 and a half. And yeah, give me uh, give me Arizona on the spread in the money line. Can't doubt what this team's doing right now. Jaden. Right. Yeah. Give me Arizona on the spread in the money line. It is officially James Conner RB one season. Ooh, nice. Tyler. Same. Don't have much else to say. Cardinals get Murray and Hopkins back, presumably. Um, so I, I, I think that they cover this. Ah, I, I think I don't think Kyler practiced Deep. today, and I don't think Hopkins did either. Yeah, but so, I think a lot it's of only that Thursday. Is, I mean, yeah, man. precautionary. Yeah. Uh, D Hop does have a hamstring injury right now. If they are, right, if they, if so. if if one of those two doesn't play, I don't know. I really don't know. Probably Nothing take changes. Arizona on the money line, but I'd probably take Panthers with the spread. Man, we've been looking it. at so you so you mean to tell me if Murray doesn't play, we're looking at Colt McCoy versus PJ Walker in an NFL game. Yeah. Wow. That's what I'm talking about. Wow. I'm still taking Arizona on the spread because they did fine with Colt McCoy last week. So uh Next game we got on the slate is the Vikings sitting at three and five at the Chargers who are sitting at five and three. Uh, give me the Chargers spread money line, the spread for this game, Chargers minus three. So, yeah, give me Chargers on the spread the money line. Love what Justin Herbert did last week. Jaden? This is a game where I don't know what to do because on one hand, the old Mike Zimmer run the damn ball into the dirt could work is- against the Chargers because they can't defend the run. But Minnesota can't does, defend the pass. If it's, if it's yeah, that and if they run the ball too much, they're just going to give the Chargers the ball back. The Chargers are going to go score in three minutes, and then they're going to have to do the same thing again. So I don't know what to do. <sighs> I'm going to take the Chargers because they're at home on both. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Tyler. Yeah, I mean, I've sat here and bashed Mike Zimmer and the Vikings and me not believing in them. So that's the exact reason why I'm going to take the Vikings on the money line and on the spread because everything says that the Chargers should win this game. I don't think points will be at a premium. I expect this to be a pretty high-scoring game, um, north of 60 points total combined in this game is what I'm looking at. But, yeah, I I don't really have much reason behind – the rush defense of the chargers but also everything tells me to pick the chargers so i'm going to take the vikings every other team in the league is the second most i forget what team it is but the team that has allowed the second most uh rushing yards per game allows somewhere around 130 and then you go to the chargers who have allowed 160 and there is not nearly that difference for the rest of the list like it's it goes one 129 130 130.5 160 so the charge it's kind of like cooper it's kind of like cooper cup with his fantasy points over other receivers right now it's the same thing aj brown Hmm. that's funny guys nice (laughs) uh next game we got on the slate is the three and six philadelphia eagles at the five and four denver broncos Broncos are favored minus two and a half and give me the Broncos after their win against the Dallas. And I think, you know, dude, the Broncos are sitting at six and four. Huh? The Dallas five and four. There would, uh, no, they would be sitting at six and four if they won this game. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But anyway, Jaden, what you got for this game? 
I'm actually going to take the Eagles on both. Uh, I think the Broncos are frauds. I think last week was a nice little win, but you know, when you win like that, you got to come down to earth a little bit. And the Eagles played the Chargers really tight last week. So, I mean, I think Jalen Hurts is beginning to realize that his job might not be as secure as he thought it was coming into the season. So he might have to play for that job. And I think they win this one. Fair. Tyler, what you got? Uh, I got Broncos money line and spread. Um, I don't think that they're all that great, um, but I just am not a believer in this Eagles team. And your first trip to mile high is normally not the most oh, friendly yeah. experience. And I feel like it's just going to have an effect on Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, this whole young Eagles team, yeah. because that's it's a different animal. Going up the, yeah, that skinny kid going up the mile high. He's going to be on the auction machine all game. <laughs> so, yeah, give me uh, give me Broncos on the spread in the money line. But like I said, Broncos sitting at six and four if they win this. Wow. Last game we got on the slate is Rams on uh, at the 49ers on Monday Night Football. Rams are favored minus four after they're dud against the Titans. But give me the Rams by a gazillion. So spread money line. Jaden, what you got? Yeah, I got Rams on both. Uh, I hate to keep picking against the 49ers. Just because they suck. I feel like or not, I'm not even like continuously picking against them i just i don't know i it, it hurts me to see that they're not doing very well i don't know why i agree tyler um yeah i, I don't understand why this is only four like i don't understand why the rams are only favored by four points in this game you would think them coming off a loss the the odds makers would boost them to like five and a half six um <clears throat> and for that reason i'm gonna take the 49ers on the spread but i'll take the rams on the money line to at least bounce back but i think it might be a field goal game i don't know everything says rams so why not pick the 49ers fair all right boys well that just about does it for the thursday segment of the podcast as always we will have this out uh, later in the day on Friday. So you can have plenty of time to listen before the Sunday matchups roll in. So good luck to everybody with their fantasy matchups this weekend. Good luck to your individual teams. Hopefully the Washington football team, what you, what you laughing about? I, just I, got... choked, on my own... <coughs> I just choked on my own spit and I tried to hold it in because you were doing your, doing your uh, little thing. Lord. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were, I thought you were dying to say something, bro. Anyway, I, actually, I'm sure what he was dying to say was that we have a jersey giveaway going on right now, in case you weren't aware. It was, actually. But yeah, I knew that was on the tip of your tongue. Um, jersey giveaway going on right now. Uh, go to the post on Instagram, like the post, follow Blitz Pod, uh, refer your friends, because as soon as we get to 100 followers on Instagram, we are giving away a free jersey. And we're slowly but steady making our way there. Yeah, I think we, we need are, like 30 more. So yeah. tell your friends, tell your families. If your dog's got an account, tell him or her. Very uh, true. That'd be great. Yeah. Check out the TikTok while you're at it at Blitz Pod. That's really popping off lately. Hats off to Jaden for being our super, uh, super social media manager of the century. So, all right, guys. Well, we will catch you on the flip side next week. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>